When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, if you want to listen to the full Burt Show every day uninterrupted, we got no ads on that thing. All you have to do is become a bonus BS subscriber. That's bonus Burt Show. Find out more at theburtshow.com slash bonus BS. The Burt Show. I can't get my schedule to download, so what are we talking about? Mo just went, um, had another day out with his little from the oh, Big Brothers oh, oh, program. Oh. Tell us all about this. I did, and, and I would love to. And before I do, I would just like y'all to know that if I appear to not be okay, it's because I'm not. I um, <laughs> I just almost got into a fight with a big-ass deer. What? What? Oh, wow. Out in the front. Well, you know, you got plenty of training in the Bronx for that. Uh, yes. Being down here in Georgia now. Be- being a city boy, um, I'm, I'm not okay. What um, happened? But aren't some of those rats as big as some of the deer here? Yeah. <laughs> you, see, but it's something about them familiar with a rat. Yeah. I know how they move. Yeah. I didn't know what this deer was about to do to me. So I, it, it really, like, threw me for a loop. I'm really shooking up right now. Now, hold, because at, at least what we know is you, you live across from the radio station, pretty much. That's, so, that's Is that where you were last night? That's where. I was. And we're not like in the middle of a country out here. So no. it would be rare to see a deer between your apartment and the radio station. So imagine my surprise. <laughs> <laughs> when, and this was this wasn't last night. This was five minutes ago. Yeah. Right. I'm, I was walking as I do every morning. And when you cross the street right here, there are like bushes right in the yeah. middle of the street. So you kind of have to always like lean forward to see if the cars are coming because you can't see far enough behind the bushes and I just never imagined in all of my walks to work that one day when I look and try to look to see if a car is coming a deer would jump out <laughs> at like, at like full speed legs getting it and it looks just as scared as me like we're both in the middle of the street terrified and it just and it's staring at me and it's like it's like I guess figuring out in his head who's the threat here, and we're both confused. <laughs> He's really confused. So can I tell you what I think is happening in this area? Because I used to live right down the street, uh-huh. and you know, five years ago here there wasn't nearly as much construction, and even in the neighborhood that I moved into, it was all wooded areas, right? And all the deer were living out that way. And now there's so much construction here that I think the deer are being moved out of those areas, and they're like walking down the street, going, "Where's where's home?" I guess That's exactly what he was doing. <laughs> Yeah. I guess I've, every time I've seen a deer, I've been in a car. So I've, I've felt like a, a little bit protected. It was just me <laughs> and this deer. Yes. Mono Imano 101 <laughs> in the middle of the street. And I was terrified. I always thought if I came face to face with like a wildlife animal, I would be able to handle myself accordingly. So yeah, it's not in me. Did you get into fight mode or did you run? I was about to give him my bag. Like, I, I, I don't know if he wanted snacks, water. Is that what you learned in New York? If someone approaches you with a gun or whatever, you just give him what's on you. That's it. So you thought the same thing for a deer. Here, you can have my wallet. Yeah, I'll give him everything. I guess um, fight or flee. I'm ready to flee. And it, it looked at me, and it was like a car behind me. 
and I think the car stopped to see what was gonna happen. It didn't try to. He didn't try to help me or anything. He just like was watching it. Well, what did he? What do you? He, was he supposed do to do? Man, like, I don't know. <laughs> you got a deer horn in the car. Or <laughs> How does it work down here? Y'all need, tell me. You need backup. Yeah, I, was, I didn't know who to call. I didn't know what to do. You're flagging down cars in the middle of the road. There's a deer. I was help. Ho- <laughs> I was hoping he didn't leave me though. I was like, don't leave, man. And then, and then the deer just took off. So at that point. I tried to take my phone out to get, like, a video of it, and she just was flying. Like, yeah. she just took off down the street and went off into wherever she went. <laughs> and I think I might have, like, literally stood there in the middle of the street for, like, two minutes trying to figure out what just happened to me. Look at Shell you getting shocked, in touch man. with nature and stuff. <laughs> and so I like proud. it. <laughs> it must be deer day because Kaylee had a run-in with a deer this morning. I did. Unfortunately, I was driving down uh, 400, which is a major highway, um, and I'm in the fast lane, and all of a sudden, out sticking out of the side of the fast lane was a deer's head. <gasps> That's and your, I, that, and I ran over it. No. Oh, no. But, but it was already dead? Well, I don't know. I didn't stop to check, but I don't. his head was laying in the road, well, and I, I go, holy smokes, was that a damn deer head? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm in my new car, and I'm pissed. I'm like, is there blood and guts all over my car? So you're worried about the car. Well, yeah, man. I just got a new car. So you don't know if this head is attached to an entire body? Or- no, I, I mean, it happens so fast. And, I, yeah, I saw a glimpse of body, but the head was in the road. Well, that and I could not quickly. swerve out of the way. <laughs> I, so I hit a deer wow. this morning. Look, I, I didn't know it was just a head. I want you to mark this down, please, Cassie and Rebecca, because they're the ones that handle the video for the Bird Show. Four minutes and 40 seconds into us talking, I want a close-up of Kristen. Because... Because it is the face she makes every time Kaylee talks on the show. (laughs) The eyes close. It's a little bit of a pathetic, like, oh, God, head shake. It's very stereotypical. That's beautiful. No. (laughs) Well, I must have ran into your dearest cousin. (laughs) And she's pissed, let me tell you. (laughs) It is really a bad day. She's on on a vengeance tour. She's looking for the person. She's looking for Kaylee. Who killed cuz. She was like, I don't think that's him. Thank God. The Burt Show. Alright, can you can you get it together enough to tell us about what should yeah. have been a very epic <laughs> night for you? Yeah, I can. I think I can. <laughs> uh, so, I went out with my little, King is his name for the second time now, and for those of you who may not be familiar in my journey, so a while back I started thinking about joining the Big Brothers Big Sisters of Atlanta program, and a lot of it just came from realizing that I was getting older. And I don't have any kids, and I've always found joy in just being around kids. So I came up with the idea after talking to several people about why not invest in getting a little and try to use my experiences to help influence uh, someone who needs it. And so when it all started, I was like, I was excited to do it, but I was also concerned. I was worried because this is like someone's entire child in my hands and in my possession. And what do I know about this? How will this go? How will he take to me? I was like so worried about it, but I was trying to push it in the back of my mind and just think to myself, if I got to this point, then this is what God wants for my life. This is the way it's supposed to be. It's going to work out. Mm -hmm. So a few about a month ago, we went out for the first time and uh, we went to like a big arcade place and we had a great time. But it was fairly obvious that we always it was the filling out process. It was like we all just getting to know each other for the first time. So I was I was interested in how the development would be as we continued to hang out and how it would go. 
And so the second time we all hung out, it was on FaceTime because he had school. He had a lot of different things going on. And so the third time we hung out, I told him, I said, um, do you want to pick the place? I asked him if there was a place he wanted to go to. And I didn't think he would. I thought he would be like, no, wherever you go is fine. But he's like, I got this place that I've always wanted to try out and I haven't had anybody to go with yet. And so I'm like, all right, cool. So where's this place? So he takes me to a place that's like, um, it's like an arcade on one side, but it's like a bar and restaurant on the other side. Mm-hmm. So it's both. Like an Andretti's type thing or a Dave & Buster's type thing? It's like Andretti's a- and Dave and & Buster's, except the difference is it's more based around like actual systems, like PlayStations and Xboxes, oh, yeah. uh-huh. more so than like arcade games, which this was his spot, apparently. We walk in, he know people. I'm like, oh, okay, so you come here. You come here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I go down in here. Is and, this um, right down the street here, Battle right, and Brew? Battle and Brew. Yeah, you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Oh, my God, yeah. My kids took me there all the time. It's a fun place. Very fun. Uh-huh. So I'd never heard of it, never been there before. And it was interesting because when he told me and it was like Battle and Brew, I was like, why is brewing it? That, that <laughs> <laughs> why, why You're is like, going I'm not going to gonna be that kind of big, man. Yeah, I'm not doing <laughs> that, right? So, um, so when we get there, it was it was a lot of little things that happened that made me start to really feel good about the situation that we're all in because, you know, I know his mom, she was really big on just him having some kind of mentor, some kind of positive male influence in his life. And that's exactly what I set out to do. And so it was, I guess I was starting to get all of the answers on this particular outing of, can I really do this? Am I really fit for this? Because uh, mom got there and instantly was like, listen, don't judge me. I have errands to run. I'm going to be around the corner, but I trust you. Mm-hmm. Y'all just have a good time. That made me feel good. Yeah. Out the gate. I was like, wow, okay, this is awesome. That means a lot. Plus, it's probably great for him also, mm-hmm. you know, just to do one-on-one with you and start to bond like that and connect and trust. I think that's great. It was awesome. So we uh, we started playing like a, um, a Mario game. It was like a Mario slash Tekken type of game that he was really into. And it's funny because I've never had a little brother before. So I wasn't sure exactly how you handle this situation. I'm thinking my mind is like, do I let him win? Do I play really hard and make him earn it? What do I do? And then when we started playing, I realized instantly that that wasn't going to be a decision for me to make. Because <laughs> he was working me. I mean, he, he was giving me the business. I mean, he even created a character for me. told me, maybe I can help you by, like, making your character better. Because this is a little too easy for me, Mo. <laughs> and, but the excitement that he was had from beating me made it all worth it. And then um, the next game he wanted to play, which I thought was really cool, was this moving game. And it's like a, it's a game where you literally are movers. And it's two of you, and you have to work together to really, like, make, to get all of the apartments done. And I guess him and his mom played before, and he had mentioned something to the extent of, like, man, you're pretty good at this because when I play with my mom, I never get past the second apartment. <laughs> so it was it was a moment in the middle of it when it just hit me, like, it's the small things. Like, mm-hmm. that's what this is all about because I think we were on maybe the third home, and there's like six different homes that you have to beat, and they get bigger and bigger each time, and you have to work together to beat the time and to beat the clock. And he just, like, in the, the second or third home, he had this attitude of, I don't think I can do this. Like, we're not going to make it this time. We're not going to get it. And I was like, why do you keep saying that? Every time we play, we get it done. We get it. We beat it every single time. So why do you keep saying we can't do it? He's like, I guess you're right. We can do it. I'm like, yeah, we can do it. So then his attitude went from we couldn't do it to every time we played after that, it was let's beat the record. Mm -hmm. It was a completely different mindset. And then every single time we beat the record. So when his mom came over to check on us, first thing he says is, well, look where I got with Mo Mom. (laughs) That wasn't really the point of it. But just to have that bond and then for when mom was like, you know, it's time for us to go. He was so sad about that. Mm -hmm. Like, he was like, do we have to leave? Like, he really wanted to stay. 
And just to see him have that connection and that that feeling, it just made me feel like we're in the going, we're going in the yeah. right direction, and it's all yeah, worth yeah. it. And this is exactly where I was supposed to be with King. Nice. All these little memories you guys are making together is just changing. When you can change the trajectory of somebody's life, you know, somebody. I was watching one of these cheesy motivational videos at one point. You know, at the bottom of when you're the trajectory, it seems like it's an inch, but in the long run, if you follow that line, you've totally changed a person's life by miles, dude. And that's what you're doing right now. That's deep. You know? That's nice to hear. I appreciate it. The Burt Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Burt Show's entertainment buzz. Rebecca Luce is responding to the Beckham Netflix docuseries where she talks about her or where the alleged infidelity with David Beckham is talked about. So if you don't know who Rebecca is, she worked for the Beckhams back in the early 2000s and she says that David cheated on Victoria with her. So it's interesting because I've watched this documentary and absolutely loved it. Um, When they talk about this period of their life, they never really admit that he has the affair. They suggest it. They talk about the headlines in the press, but neither one of them say this happened, but it is certainly inferred. Uh, I also watched the same documentary. Really, really enjoyed it. I noticed the same thing during the episode about um, the affair. So everything was kept very vague. And I don't like I don't even remember this like when it did. And obviously it was huge news everywhere when it did hit the tabloids. But was it confirmed that he cheated on? Because they never confirm it. They just said they didn't talk about the affair and how it affected their life. They talked about how the tabloid coverage Mm -hmm. of the affair and the media about the affair affected their life, making you think it didn't happen. It was just a bunch of trash talk, which really affected their relationship. I felt, okay, because we watched the same thing, but I felt like it was inferred that there certainly was an affair. They just weren't focusing on that they were focusing more on the on the headlines but I couldn't pick up on it. Yeah. Well, Rebecca's painting things a little bit differently. So the male interviewed her over the weekend and she's accusing him of painting her as a liar, making up all these stories and painting himself as the victim. Okay. That paints that whole episode in a completely different light. Really? You and I are seeing this differently. Tell me. Well, because like I said, when I watched it and having no recollection when what happened, like, you know, back in the late nineties, early two thousands when all this went down or whatever, um, it it made it seem like there were rumors and and because they did not go into detail about what the tabloids were were um, reporting right it was just that all that was out there so and to hear her say this he does paint himself as the victim for sure yeah mostly by the media right and the tabloids and how tough it was for his family yes but, yeah 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 um and. Uh, I, but I never picked up. And I mean, obviously she's very close to it because she was in it, but for her to watch it and come away, like they're painting her in a bad light. I never once thought about her because I didn't know who it was about. Nah, me neither. They Mm. never mentioned her name. They never show a picture, nothing. nothing, So, but if it's her and you're watching it, you're looking through it with a very different lens. Of course you are. But I mean, like I said, I having like... I think she could have stayed silent and nobody would have been any the wiser unless they went and like, you know, obviously started digging and looking up who he was alleged to have an affair with. Well, staying silent, where's the money and attention in that? (laughs) (laughs) Well, a lot of people are asking that, like, why come out and why talk about this now? Yeah, she's making this up Um, because it's not like her kids are going to go, Mommy, 
They mentioned your name. You had an affair with David. They never mentioned her whatsoever. There was zero uh-uh. mention of her. Just the, all the tabloid coverage of the affair, and that was it. Well, I feel like it was getting so much press online because I actually didn't really know anything about this affair until this docuseries came out. And the only reason that I recognized her name was when I was getting ready for Eva's yesterday. I'm like, oh, Rebecca Luce. I've heard that's the girl that uh, David Beckham cheated on um, Victoria with. So I do think there is some fairness to wanting to push back, especially because the Beckhams are such a powerhouse. Yeah, they are. And they're on the uh, they're on Netflix with their own docu-series and people are naturally going to want to side with the family that they've been following for years and to everybody else, like she's really just some rando. Yeah. What would have been refreshing is, I mean, has he always maintained that he never cheated on Victoria? I do not know the answer to that. Okay, yeah, because that takes some more digging because if if it did come out and she has, you know, if he's maintained his innocence, then that's one thing. But if he would have done in the docuseries, like would have taken accountability and said, I made a mistake and we've come back from it and we're stronger or whatever. I feel like that would have been a very pertinent, important <laughs> part of the docuseries. It's funny how we're seeing it so differently. Like I want to go back and rewatch it because I felt him saying that I was lonely in a different country. He was. Uh-huh. Uh, and to me, that was saying like... That was almost the admission right there. Oh, man. But he never said I made a mistake. He just said (laughs) it was a tough time for my family. I was alone in a different country. I was without my family. So he tap danced all around it, but I felt like it was a confession without confessing. See, wow, I missed that. Because he definitely was dancing like he does on the pitch around (laughs) a ball because it it never came across that he, at least for me when I watched it, that he actually cheated on her. Britney Spears' audition tape for The Notebook got leaked, so I'll play it for you on your next eBuzz on The Burt Show. The Burt Show. Man, this girl boss culture, way too much effort. So Kristen's going to tell you that women now are fighting back against that, and it's time to opt for a life of leisure. The soft girl, soft girl revolution is upon us. Okay. Mm. This article was Fascinating. So it's an article from Glamour Magazine written by Stephanie McNeil. The title is Welcome to the Soft Girl Revolution, How Young Women Are Rejecting Girl Boss Culture for a Life of Leisure. So when we're defining what girl boss culture is, it's what? Grinding. The hustle, the grind, the putting in hours, the stress, the working weekends, anything to get ahead, make a name for yourself, et cetera. Right. Um, And all of the the soft girl revolution started with a TikTok from Mia Jones. Don't want to be a girl boss. I don't want to hustle. I simply want to live my life slowly and lay down in a bed of moss with my lover and enjoy the rest of my existence. (laughs) Reading books, creating art, and loving myself and the people in my life. Bada boom, bada bing. (laughs) I love all of it except laying in the moss. Uh, Yeah, right? (laughs) All right, so I'm going to start reading some of this article. Whenever you want to interject, just let me know. There is something to be said here, uh, and this doesn't have to do with women or men, about choosing a simple life. You know, I've got a couple of friends that are the happiest people in the world because they just don't have the same kind of drive I do. They're really happy being teachers, court reporters. They're done at 5 o'clock. They go play uh, Frisbee football. They go play golf. There's not a drive there, and they're so happy, and I'm so jealous because I just don't have that in my DNA. All right, so Mia Jones isn't alone. For many Gen Z women who have entered the workforce during the past few years, their greatest dream increasingly is to have the chance to achieve Nothing, at least by traditional capitalist standards. (laughs) Welcome to the world of the soft girl, the lifestyle choice that many young women are now holding up as an ideal. 
The soft girl doesn't value the grind or getting ahead. She prioritizes slow living. Her days are filled with a nearly obsessive focus on self-care. Long-term, the soft girl dreams of making dinner for her husband and, if she's got them, staying at home with her kids. She's not interested in making partner or founding her own company. She's in touch with her feminine energy, her menstrual cycle, and her moods. Um, okay, so I'm going to make an assumption then that most Gen Z, not all, but most are probably not parents because having children is not a soft girl life. Yeah. <laughs> Being a stay-at-home mother, I got to experience a blip of it this past weekend when I was rolling solo without my husband is the hardest thing hmm. I probably have ever done. It is so difficult. In other words, to be a soft girl is to be radi- is to radically reject the idea of being a girl boss, the bastion of feminine achievement that was an ideal during ideal during the tech boom of the late 2000s and 2010s. The next generation of women have observed our burnout and our late nights, our stress fractures, our egg freezing and said, "No thanks." <laughs> what about if we just didn't try so hard? <laughs> Grinding away at building a career is not the end-all, be-all to a soft girl. It's embarrassing. To them, the pursuit of what is known as hustle, hustle culture is not just toxic and potentially harmful to their health. It actively goes against what it means to be a woman. The feminine urge to tell women that hustle culture has been designed for the 24-hour male cycle and not the 28-plus-day female rhythm, which is why we feel so burnt out and exhausted, Mm -hmm. advised one to the lifestyle, and remind them that they're not broken for not thriving in a world that wasn't made with them in mind. You may have a burning question. Who is paying for the soft girl lifestyle? Yeah, I do have that burning question. (laughs) And, And if we are assuming it's a man... Why does rejecting burnout and hustle culture need to mean that women should fetishize giving up their financial independence? Mm -hmm. Motherhood is also the desire of many soft girls, especially those who can stay at home with their kids. Young moms who do stay at home are nearly fetishized on soft girl TikTok with their videos extolling the virtues of their soft living with their babies getting millions of views. Women dream of being a stroller mom in her mom era going on hot mom walks, unapologetically saying they want to quit their corporate life for family and joking that women should never have fought for the right to enter the workplace. Can I pause you there for one second? Because I don't mm-hmm. think I'm just smart enough to understand some of the stuff you just said. Uh-huh. So the financial part of it. They're saying that they're not giving that up. They're just not hustling to the top. Well, because I mean, there has to be some kind of contribution. There was a there was a burning question. I did not find a burning answer. Okay. (laughs) And this was an extremely lengthy article, so I'm literally just giving you excerpts to kind of give you the the gist of what's happening on Gen Z TikTok as far as like the soft girl versus girl boss and them going at it. So it doesn't mean a free ride necessarily. Not necessarily. Okay. For sure. I feel like this article to me is conflating. There's the soft girl lifestyle that's not about the hustle. Like you kind of just do do your thing and then mm-hmm. you take the way I like to th- think of it. I heard someone explain it like my job is my side gig and my life is my real job. Great. And the side gig funds my life. Um, but being a stay at home mom is not soft. And yeah, that's what's getting me. But I actually think this is the next step in feminism. I think the pendulum swung far to the right. Like we have to grow a boss and be hyper independent. And now it's swinging back to a place where if you want, it'll eventually get to if you want a girl boss you can and if you want to do this you can and it's all good because you make the you call the shots Mm -hmm. now while many of these comments are made in jest the truth is that being in your hot stay at home mom era can be a slippery slope into becoming a hashtag trad wife that's a traditional wife Mm -hmm. and that is also a theme on tiktok as well Uh, where young uh usually religious women extol the virtues of the patriarchy 
Um, and one woman posted in a video, I'm teaching my daughter that it's perfectly acceptable to depend on a man. This one um, proud 24-year-old hashtag trad wife, Jasmine Dark, put in a recent video. Mm, hold, please. <laughs> uh, I just don't like that one right there. Mm-hmm. It's totally okay to depend on a man. Um I don't know that it's okay to totally depend on anybody because yeah. you just don't know what life is going to f- throw in front of you. Yeah. But I think that's a dangerous message. I think so, too. I think if you're teaching the flip side, though, as well, it makes it more palatable. Like, if you teach your daughter, it's okay to depend on a man, and it's okay for a man to depend on you, then you've got a qual. Like, that makes me happy because then it's showcasing your equal partners, and you give and you get. But to say, grow up so a man can take care of you, I'm not down with that messaging. So one of the comments on this video, so glad. I was taught the exact opposite, wrote one woman. Um, As the soft girl life grows in popularity, some Gen Zers are beginning to call out the more questionable messaging associated with it. So there's a young Canadian PhD candidate who said she grew so concerned by what she was seeing on TikTok, she decided to post her own video titled, Why the Soft Girl Era is Toxic. So these two worlds, Mm -hmm. girl boss and soft girl, are like... I think it's just promoting the traditional gender norms that we've worked so hard to push back on, she said. And Barbie would say the same thing. It's just not Barbie to promote these very stereotypical gender norms, especially in a world where equity, diversity, and inclusion is so important. Many people don't conform to the typical male or female identity. It's true that living the girl boss life can be challenging. Burnout is real. Hustle, hustle culture is toxic. In many ways, it doesn't. It, it, in many ways, it does seem kind of empowering to take up the soft girl ethos, to break away from the rat race and stop feeding into the machine labor. And then the article goes on and on and on and on and on. No, it's a good one. It, but that I was, think there's a lot of valid stuff. In oh there. yeah, it, I would read the entire thing if you could. But it's I. I was not aware. Of because um, I uh, full disclosure I'm not on TikTok I wasn't about to download another app and then so I've just I've steered clear of it because I waste enough time on my phone as it is so I wasn't aware of the um, soft girl ethos on TikTok but I do find it absolutely fascinating because of my age I'm not around a, mm-hmm. a lot of young twenty something girls so I didn't know that there was a revolution happening amongst us yeah Abby it's written for you so what do you think about it yeah and I've heard this a lot from my friends and I think I've brought it up on the show a couple of times where I've mentioned that I do have a couple friends in my life that they're not calling it the soft girl phase of their life but they kind of idolize the Range Rover mommy lifestyle and to Cassie's point like I think it's an idealized version of what they think motherhood is and they don't realize that being a mom is a very difficult job and so I came from a very traditional household where my mom does financially depend on my dad but the reason it's an equal partnership is because she also stepped up to the plate in terms of raising us she got us to to practices she kept up with the household and I do think she contributed in different ways and so to me the soft girl rebrand or the soft girl um phase of your life sounds like it's rebranding um being lazy if i'm being honest with you Hmm. and i think it needs to be rebranded it's just like redefining what being a girl boss means to you you can be a girl boss at home or you can be a girl boss in the boardroom there you go it's interesting because all right so let's take the kids and the motherhood part out of it because i think that does like cloudy the debate so let's say you're single here and you just want you're a woman and you just want a more simple lifestyle there's nothing wrong with that 
No, I complete, right. I completely agree. And again, like like Cassie said, sometimes it means that your job is not um, your end all be all. You don't wake up and live to work. You work so that you can live, and that's totally fine as well. I just do think some of the spins that I've seen online have have kind of romanticized being a sugar baby. If I'm being honest with you, yeah, I mean, like laying in the moss all day with your lover isn't right. really attainable unless <laughs> somebody's paying for said moss. Agreed. <laughs> Bird Show. Got a few days left to get yourself into a brand new Mercedes Benz for $100. How is this even possible, Bird Show? You're big fat liars. No, we're not. Uh, it is a raffle that we do every single year for Bert's Big Adventure because RBM of Alpharetta gives us a Mercedes. Yeah, tickets are only $100. You have a 1 in 2,500 chance in winning. Those are incredible odds. And we are now less than 150 raffle tickets away from selling out. So, if you wait till tomorrow, chances are they'll be gone. You're screwed. <laughs> and you could win a brand new 2023 Mercedes-Benz GLA 250 SUV for just 100 bucks. And then all that money is going to Burt's Big Adventure. And we could not do this without RBM of Alpharetta. For six years in a row now, they have donated a car for us to be able to do this, which is incredible, and have managed to raise over $1 million for Burt's Big Adventure. Yeah, I want to be clear about this, too. We don't say... Uh, a portion of the proceeds goes to Burt's Big Adventure. All of it. The portion is 100%. Uh -huh. That's a pretty, pretty big piece of the pie. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, get your raffle ticket right now, thebirdshow.com or birdsbigadventure.org. All right, before I get into this to catch a cheater war of the roses, I would like to open up the Burt Show Book of Records to find out who found out that your new bride or new groom was messing around right after the wedding was it a day was it a week was it three weeks was it six weeks was it six months one eight five five bird show can i kick it off you were cheating on bart no <laughs> something confess um i won't say where i was working at the time this was many 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 moons ago in my early radio career i was a promotions director at a station um, one of the sales execs went and got married and she found out on the honeymoon. <gasps> oh. And like everybody else pretty much knew that yeah. he wasn't faithful, but sure enough, she ended up finding out on their honeymoon that he had been cheating on her. And as soon as they got back, the whole thing was annulled. You just jogged my memory. Uh, I've got one very similar. Yeah. Uh, believe it or not, it was a guy that I used to play with on the Hooter softball team. It's amazing this happening. <laughs> um, yeah, he was on his honeymoon also, and he went to play a round of golf for the day. And he comes home back to his their suite, and she's linking up with another woman. <gasps> In the suite? In the suite. Huh. Yep. Wow. Well, that's neat. Oh, okay. yeah. Now, he was the kind of guy that wasn't really offended by it, was kind of excited by it. Um, but it also, she confessed to him that night that... That's part of her lifestyle, and she had never told them about it before. And until they af after they got married. <laughs> until after they got married. Because <laughs> right. That's something you should tell somebody before. I, I think so. I think yeah. that's right. important information. That goes on the list of things you disclose before, for sure. All right, so who can beat Honeymoon here? Maybe it was the night of the <laughs> wedding. God, one eight five five Bird Show. Uh, I recently got married a few weeks ago, and it was supposed to be the happiest day of my life. Unfortunately, something's been bothering me even before the wedding, and I need your help with it. So here's the deal. I had and still have this nagging feeling that my now husband might be seeing someone else. It's not the kind of feeling you want to have before your big day, and honestly, it's been eating away at me. 
One big reason I don't want to call off the wedding, even though I had these suspicions, was the, or I didn't want to call off the wedding, was the embarrassment factor. My family had invested so much money and effort into the wedding preparations, and it felt like pulling the plug would have been a disaster for everyone involved. So I pushed through and decided that I'd address this issue after the wedding. We have somebody on the line who can beat the honeymoon, by the way. Okay. Two paragraphs, and I'm going to get to you, Rosalind. Uh, Well, here we are in the after, and I can't ignore my gut feeling any longer. I need to find out if my husband is indeed seeing someone else, and if he is, I want to know who the other person might be. It's eating me up from the inside. Can you help me out? Uh, I'd also love some advice and opinions on what to do if he is cheating. Obviously, I'm not wanting to get divorced right after getting married. Uh, I just need some advice on how to get him to end whatever situation he's involved in and fix things with us so we have a happy, long marriage. Happy, long marriage uh, from Lee. Okay. So, Rosalind, good morning. You're on the Burt Show. Good morning, guys. Love the show. Thank you. Thanks Um, for being part of it. No problem. I have a story that can kind of top that. Um, My sister-in-law, we found out she was being cheated on. Her husband-to-be was sleeping with somebody the night before the wedding. We walked in on them the morning of the wedding, and they still went through with it. What? What? <laughs> was it the same type situation where she just felt so much pressure because everybody was already there, they had flown in, that kind of thing? Probably. And then I think, too, the embarrassment. It's like, no, if I ignored it, it didn't really happen. They didn't last long, about two years, and they got divorced. I'm shocked that it lasts two years. I am, too, to be honest. <laughs> hey, oh, wow. Thank you, but I'm sorry you called. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have a great day. You, you too. too. Thanks for being part of the show. All right, so we can test this guy tonight. This one's heartbreaking. These two, uh-huh. the two types of uh, to catch a cheaters that I hate are the new marriages and the ones where they just had a kid. Or if she's mm. currently pregnant. Or she's currently pregnant. Mm-hmm. That's the third one also. So we'll do that tonight. The Burt Show. All right, Kristen has an idea. And wow, is she excited about it? And I am polar opposite on this one. Do we even remember how this came up? Because I'm drawing a blank. You are getting all hyper in the 9 o'clock oh. hour. <laughs> you just this one out. Barbara accidentally gave me caffeine that day. We were talking about cooking, and then I said that I love to bake, and oh. then some kind of lightning bolt hit you, and you were like, we should do the great British Bake Off. Yes, 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 yes. So right. I watch a show on Netflix. Um, it's called The Great British Baking Show, but over in the UK, it's called The Great British Bake Off. And it's just, I've been watching this thing for years, and it's such a feel-good, and it just it warms you up from the inside out. Kristen is so passionate about this show that I have no interest in even eating most of the time. That she's so passionate, I thought, you know what? I see this thing on, is it Netflix? Netflix, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so I'm going to give it a try just to see what, she, what the, the hype is about. I couldn't get through four minutes of it. It was so bad. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> so boring. It's precious. <laughs> it is precious. At least you tried. Because American <laughs> culinary shows are so cutthroat and they can be like really nasty. And this is like, they're helping each other out, helping each other finish their signatures nah. or their showstoppers. I could watch me some Gordon Ramsay, man. No, no, Shoot no. somebody's ass. <laughs> Absolutely not. And then when Paul Hollywood gives you the coveted handshake. Not the handshake. Yes, the coveted <laughs> handshake. It's amazing. So I decide because the, the new season has come out, and you know, every week we get a new episode. They come out on Fridays of the Great British Baking Show. So I want to do the Great 
Burt Show Bake Off. This is such BS. I was actually getting pissed about this a couple of days ago. <laughs> Listen. This is such BS. I know it's BS. <laughs> he is being rewarded for being a cheater. It's not fair. Whatever. <laughs> I was in my kitchen thinking of this bit, and I was actually getting mad. That Mo has a history of cheating on any one of these baking or cooking competitions we have. So Kristen has given him a break so he can be the judge after cheating oh. so long? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. That's messed up. That's how it's going. Welcome to America. Yeah. <laughs> this is not the Great British. Baking show. Yeah. This is the great Burt Show Bake Off. At least I was honest about my cheating. <laughs> I was honest cheating. All right, and then our lovely Prue is going to be our social media producer, Rebecca. Hello. <laughs> Did you just call her a bad name or something? What? What is a Prue? Prue. Prue's the other judge on the show. Yeah, oh. Paul and a Prue. Like Prudence. <laughs> I didn't know. Paul and Prue. Okay. Those are the judges on the show. They know their stuff. Paul is very um, proficient in baking as far as bread goes. He's like the bread master. I am. And Prue's all about the sweets, and she won't eat it unless it's worth the calories. All right, so here we go. It's up to, we're going to pretend like we're doing what? We're going to pretend Pretend like we're doing the technical. I'm going to bring the great gingham altar in here. The what? The what great that? gingham altar what is in here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bringing a red and white checkered tablecloth in here because they all, after they do the technical, put their um, baked good on the gingham altar. The judges don't know who baked what, and then they taste test them, and they rank them from worst to best. And we're going to find out who is the best baker on the Burt Show. Okay. All right. right. But here's the thing. Paul and Prue every week decide what the recipe is going to be. So for the Burt Show's technical, what will we all be making? We're all making the same thing, and we're going to determine who is the best baker. Okay, I have a really dumb question. Yes. So what exactly is the difference between baking and doing the other stuff? Cooking? Yeah. What's baking? What's, what's baking and what's cooking? So baking involves very distinct measurements. Like if you don't get the right amount of flour, if you don't get a right, the right amount of baking powder or baking soda, the whole thing can be completely ruined. With cooking, you can be more liberal with your ingredients, right? And baking as far as... Um, it's typically for desserts, and it's like breads, cookies, cakes. That consists of baking. Okay, what category does making spaghetti come in? That's cooking. Okay. That that's that's not baking. Hmm. Are you putting it in the oven? <laughs> yes. Has to go in the yeah. oven. Baked spaghetti. Lasagna. That's yeah. cooking. Oh, wait, oh, really? Okay, yeah. Why yeah. you put it in an oven? I, oh, that was, okay, I was simplifying it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cassie was doing a very general, you put it in the oven. That's not, everything you put in the oven doesn't constitute baking. Okay. Here, like right. you make a pie, that's baking. You make a cake, that's baking. Cookies, baking. Lasagna, cooking. Got it. Going back to what Kristen said, if you get one measurement wrong, will the entire dish fail? Then it's baking. Mm -hmm. If it's fine, if you put a little extra basil or a pasta sauce and it won't ruin the entire dish, that's cooking. Okay. okay. All right. So I'll Google it. Go ahead. <laughs> Mo, um, excuse me, Paul and Prue, uh. you guys have convened in your British accents. Please tell us what we will be baking. Everybody take it away. <laughs> oh, wow. did, did you tell them that we were going to be doing this this morning? Not no. in the British accent. She no. got Mo's <laughs> like, actually, can I cook, please? I don't want to do the accent. <laughs> so we had to do some quick uh, rearrangements to the schedule okay. because of people being out this yeah. week. And so we're doing it right now. Okay. So um, I am a big fan of Great British Baking Show. Yay! So uh, I went through the annals 
of the technical challenges. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I found Dampf Noodle. Dampf Noodle? Dampf Noodle. <laughs> Somebody put is a Dampf Noodle in their no. anal? Okay, hold on. Time what? out. That's what time is that Don't be silly. <laughs> hold on, hold on. I love you both. You're getting huh? out of this because you're a cheater. I know what the <laughs> I know what the Dolph noodle is. We need something that's going to hold up well that we can bring into the show and eat. That that needs to be eaten warm. Sounds oh. like Kristen okay. can't cook. No, no I, that is a very very complicated recipe. I'm here to let you know right now. I know that episode. I was hoping you guys could choose something that we can bake and bring in, and it would be easy to eat, and it's not reliant on being warm to eat. Something in English. Like yeah. cake. <laughs> okay. Five what letters or less is, is what you get. Doft noodle? Dumpf a dump noodle. noodle. What, it's, what? It is a, uh, uh, it's a German dumpling. Yes. I thought, I really thought it would be simple enough. I was trying to go through and see the recipe. Simple. You're a Doff noodle for bringing that to the table. It's I don't stick. even know what baking is. <laughs> so it can't be. It's just a steamed German sweet dumpling. It's like yeah. sweet bread. Mm, oh, that's yeah. pretty yeah. With luscious vanilla custard. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty cocky for the guy that's not participating. <laughs> it's it's a very, very complicated recipe. Simple stuff. Yeah, right, yeah, do yeah. we want to reconvene in a couple of minutes to figure out what we're going to be baking? Wait, is it a sweetbread or a dumpling? Because sweetbreads are like the pancreas of a deer or something. Actually, it's the testes. <laughs> I'm just telling you what Caroline's cooking told me, Caroline. Oh, shut up, Caroline. <laughs> hey, well-constructed, Kristen. Well done. <laughs> You gotta cook it in sauce, and a, a, a film has to like form on the outside of this thing like that. You literally picked the hardest technical they ever did on the Great British Baking Show. We can bring in some hot plates. <laughs> I just thought the name was really funny. No, it's hilarious. We're not making that. <laughs> Such a great name. That's all I contributed. On the British Baking Show, has there been an episode where the contestants tell the judges, "Now nah, we're not going to do that"? <laughs> this is Paul. No, <laughs> we're not doing that. Okay, so you want to reconvene in yes. a couple of minutes and come up with exactly what we're supposed to be Kristen baking? Is so irritating. How about, <laughs> how about toast? The Bird Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Burt Show's entertainment buzz. There's a social media trend going around TikTok where people are getting asked, would you rather take $500,000 or have lunch with Jay-Z? And Jay-Z said, um, take the money and just buy all my music because all the wisdom that I have to give is in there. Uh, I don't get time to listen to all of his music. So can't you just take the $500,000 and say, hey, Jay-Z, will you spend 10 minutes with me for $250,000? You could. I don't know if he would do it, but you could. I, I, I'm glad he put this to rest. I don't even know how this was ever a debate. I, I don't know why you would ever take dinner with... Not only Jay Z, anybody <laughs> over five hundred thousand dollars. I'm I'm taking the money every single time. Absolutely. What is, what is the most you would spend to sit down with a random celebrity? Pick the celebrity. Pick the cash. Oh man! If cash wasn't an option for us, well, yeah, clearly you're Kristen Klingshern. <laughs> My husband would say differently. Um, Paul McCartney would be the celebrity, oh, yeah. hands down. Um, oh man. Ten grand. Ten grand. Yeah. For Paul McCartney. Yes. Okay. He has lost that uh, in the cushions of his couch. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> that is not going to motivate him, but I appreciate your offer. Well, I, I, you were saying if we if, if money wasn't an object, well, then I will pay $1 million to sit down with Paul McCartney. Okay.
He'll do it. It's charity. Yeah. Charity work. Ah, yeah. there you go. Mm-hmm. Okay. I honestly don't think I would spend any amount of money. Zero. What? No. There's not one celebrity you would want to pay to sit down and have a conversation with. Not one? Not that I think of. No, I mean, no, no celebrity that you want to tell them something or proclaim hmm. something or... Well, no, it it would be Jay-Z, because I've always wanted to tell him the story of my grandmother and his mother working together for 25 years, and mm-hmm. I, I never got to actually have that conversation with him, so it would be him, but how much I would spend, I'm not, as rich as he is? Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> that's your moral dilemma okay, right there. Yeah, so. All right, we're going to do this, because you know how you ask questions, and I love to change the rules on you, right? We haven't even gotten around the table yet. I know. So <laughs> it's going to be Paul McCartney. I'll give him a million dollars so I can tell him about my dad and how he got my dad through Vietnam, but he has to donate the million dollars to wounded warriors wow nice okay. can right. you tell paul mccartney to tell jay-z <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure they've been in the same room at the same time together i've probably spent 10k to be within like 100 feet of taylor swift at her concerts this year so oh, yeah. i'm willing to pay double that okay yeah, yeah that's a slam dunk for you yeah uh 10 or 15 grand for me with snoop I'd pay for that experience. Really? Snoop? Oh, yeah. Yeah, but something else has got to be involved. Yeah, that's fair. You get your money's worth. That's the goat. <laughs> there's going to be uh, a lot of munchies, so there's definitely going to have to be snacks. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, Rick Ross obviously has enough money, so he could pay whatever, but he said that he would give up the 500 k and he said having lunch with Jay-Z would be way more valuable. Not paying that cash. 100% agree. I'm, I'm taking that money. <laughs> Please correct me if I'm wrong. Is he not in jail right now? Rick Ross? Yeah. The original one or the rapper? Oh. That's two different people. <laughs> not, not the rapper. Okay. The, the guy who he took his name from is in, is in jail okay, right now. Okay, thank you. Yep. All right. Okay, Britney Spears' memoir gets released today, and lots of stories have already gotten leaked, like how JT broke up with her over text and how he cheated on her. But one of the main things that was so shocking that we found out from the memoir is that she was up for the role of Allie in The Notebook, and the audition tape from Warner Brothers has somehow got leaked, and I'm going to play it for you now. Woo! Right out the gate, this book, interesting stuff coming. So JT, like you mentioned, Abby, cheated on her multiple times with multiple people. And she says it's one of those things you knew, but you never wanted to, like, mm-hmm. think about. Like your gut was telling you? No, she knew. Oh, she did. She it wasn't her gut. Knew. She okay. straight up knew. Like, she had friends saying, like, Justin would tell a friend, like, I hit that last night, like, talking about different dancers. But also, in literally in the first chapter and... Trigger warning, I mean, and I wish I had gotten one. It talks about her grandmother was on lithium and her grandmother's awful end, um, how she um, unalived herself, I'll put it delicately, on the grave of her infant son who passed away. But interestingly, she was on lithium, which Brittany was put on as well. So looking at mental illness, her father's rampant alcoholism that she talks about. Mm. How he missed Christmas, his son's first birthday on benders. Allegedly, that's what she's saying. Um, just these revelations here and there. The reason for her British accent. You know how Britney mm-hmm. does her fake. Her grandmother was British and had a British accent. And Britney felt very close to her. And so she emulates the British accent because it made her feel close. Now, hmm. I can, I'm going to sit here and be like, yes, normal people don't usually mm-hmm. do that. But hearing these tidbits from her family, how her mother would constantly tell her, never missed an opportunity was her, her words, to tell her how she was in 21 hours of excruciating labor with Britney. And just all these little pieces coming together to paint a picture of a family who had such trauma and issues and then it was all imparted on Brittany mm-hmm. growing up and her shoulders really helps you step back and see maybe why she is the way she is right huh, now and the trauma she's gone through. But it is right out the gate, chapter one, like shocking, shocking stuff. 
Yeah, so um, it's there's so much that has come out, and I cannot wait to read it. I'm probably going to listen to it on audiobook because I also want to hear Michelle Williams' take on how she's going to tell the story. She's doing a great job. That's how I, I'm doing it, and she's and it's interesting hearing Britney speak too, like because she does the prologue, and it sounds nothing like the audition tape we just heard. She sounds like a completely different person. She says she calls her husband daddy because he raised her. We'll talk about comedian Monique's interesting relationship on your next eBuzz on the Burt Show. The Burt Show. There comes a time time where you really do get smacked in the face with reality right after college and you realize okay I'm an adult here right and there is a video circulating from a Gen Zer right now who is just so incredibly stressed out because she is like has her first real nine to five job right and I think she's in New York City and she's so stressed out that I listened to it and I brought myself back to that place where you realize now like you're an adult right like in order to eat, you have to rely on yourself. And she's so stressed. I know I'm probably just being so dramatic and annoying, but this is my first job, like my first nine to five job after college. And I'm in person and I'm commuting in the city and it takes me forever to get there. There's no way I'm going to be able to afford living in the city right now. So that's off the table. Like, duh, if I was able to walk to work and it, it'd be fine, but I'm not. So it literally takes me like I leave here, like I get on the train at 730 and I don't get home till like 615 earliest. And then like, I don't have time to do anything. I don't, I want to shower eat my dinner and go to sleep i don't have time or energy to cook my dinner either like i don't have energy to work out like that's out the window like i'm so upset oh my god nothing to do with my job at all but just like the nine to five schedule in general is crazy being in the office nine to five like if it was remote you get off at five and you're home and everything's fine but like i'm not home it takes me long to get home and like like people that drive to the office like it doesn't you don't get off at five and i know it could be worse i know i could be working longer but like i literally get off it's pitch black like i don't have energy how do you have friends like how do you have time to like meet like a guy i don't know like how do you have time for like dating like i don't have time for anything and i'm like so stressed out and i'm also getting my period so that's why i'm all emotional but like am i so dramatic it's fine yeah, a little. Yeah. <laughs> a bit. But like, if you're in your 30s and you're listening to that, you're going, oh, God, please stop whining. But if you can take yourself back to that point when you were just so stressed, never for you? <clears throat> you and Mo are both looking at it like, oh, please. No, I'm not looking at it, oh, please. I mean, she has valid points. I, I do think, yeah, yes. Is she being dramatic? <laughs> yeah. she's. But homegirl's about to start a period, so I feel it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Been there, done that, and, and, I, and I get that. Um, it, it's, it's a rude awakening. Once you enter into the actual workforce and you realize this is what I'm supposed to do every single day, like, ugh. But in order to survive and to feed yourself mm -hmm. and to pay for bills and stuff. And bottom line, if you're not happy, um, do whatever you can, God willing, to get yourself in a position <laughs> where you're doing something where you don't feel like that. Yeah, if you're making that video when you're 42, that's a really big problem. Yeah. But like she's like 23 <laughs> or 22 trying to figure it out. I think it just showcases how desensitized we've all become. It is ridiculous. It is ridiculous that you, the majority, literally your whole day, goes to making money for somebody else and then you come home and you, I mean, you need the money for yourself to live. Don't get me wrong. I'm not against working, but then you come home, you are exhausted. So you barely make dinner and then you go to bed and you rinse and repeat. And I think we're also accustomed to it or living that kind of lifestyle that you're like, yeah, welcome to the real world. 
But I think it's a very valid point. Like, that is not how humans were built to live. Yeah, I actually felt her. I wasn't, uh, she definitely was a bit of dramatic over the top. <laughs> but, but no, I felt her. I, I remember, especially being in New York and that hour and a half train ride to and from work. And I didn't get off until 6. So by the time you get home, it's 8.30. Like, you literally have, it's time to eat dinner and go to sleep and do it all over again. So I, I do remember that transition and feeling like this, this can't be the rest of my life. Yeah, and I think it also has to do with the kind of job you have. Like, I remember my first job post post grad was sitting in an office with no windows and that was incredibly draining Mm -hmm. and weirdly enough that when the pandemic hit it was almost a relief because I got to work from home and I got to like touch grass (laughs) so I I mean I I don't want to get on her for being dramatic because it's social media she posted on TikTok she's trying to get people's attention I think it was actually very relatable um Nadia here uh Tommy you put her on hold because she thinks it's the stupidest thing ever (laughs) hey Nadia good morning you're on the Burt show hi Burt good morning video honestly makes me really worried for everyone and our country especially because and I'm only like in my 20s still but we have no grit anymore like I get it it sucks find a different job like find a remote job but stop complaining about all this stuff you have to do that is the biggest lie I think we have sold ourselves is calling this kind of thing grit it's not it's I mean honestly it's I'm going to get extreme here. It is a point of exploitation. If you look at Europe and how they do their jobs, the amount of vacation they get, the hours they get, the commutes, it's a very different lifestyle and people are happier and companies are thriving. So I think the thing is, this is where the way it is here. Like that's, you got to suck it up. This is what it's about in this country. But I don't think sitting here and saying like, it's grit for me. That's a, a different thing. You're allowed to feel some kind of way when you find out for the first time that the majority of your life is going to be spent at work and you're not going to have time for yourself. I agree with Nadia. If this was my kid making that video, I'd be saying the exact same thing yeah. she was saying. I'd say, you know what? I understand. This is called paying your dues. And I understand that you're stressed about it. But that's part of growing up. But I'd say, yes, Uh Gain some grit and work your way through it, and it's not going to be easy all the time. Well, another way to look at this, too, is anytime we go on vacation, people come after us. (laughs) And (laughs) it's not like we haven't earned it or we haven't worked hard to get to where we are so we can take it. But think about it. like, And we do. We have... We, we have a good chunk of vacation, right? So, and every time we take vacation, people come after us and get, and like, like we don't deserve to take a break. And I think it's because they don't get it. Therefore, we shouldn't get it. And that is, that's a messed up, like it is messed up. Like imagine working a nine to five, you get, like, I remember my, my dad getting one week of vacation mm-hmm. for the entire year. Yep. And for some people who are in that position, you get one or two weeks of vacation and that's it for the entire year. Yeah, you're going to be mad at people that get more, but that should like us, how much vacation we get, that actually should be the norm. Uh, I, I would agree. agree. Yeah, I would agree. Okay. And if you do look around the world, most people do get a, more vacation time than we do, mm-hmm. for sure. But I can understand her stress, but I am with Nadia. At some point or another, we used to call it Paying your dues. It sucked. It totally sucked. Working and going to a nine and five and making money for other people. But you had to do it, right? I feel like I see both sides of it because on one end of it, I do think that I get it. Like I did have to pay my dues and now order to be where I am and have what I have. And sometimes this generation does not want to do that aspect of it. But I'm also not mad at the evolution of things. Like as time goes on, we just simply learn how to handle things better and how Mm -hmm. to go about things Mm -hmm. better. So you can't necessarily be mad at the fact that maybe back in the day, we didn't have as much time to focus on 
mental health as we do today because that's also the way it's supposed to go. The Bird Show. All right, more superficially, Kristen, let's put a little bow on this little bake-off idea you got here because it's starting off rocky. The great Bird Show (laughs) bake-off take two. (laughs) What we're going to do is... We're going to have the great Bird Show Bake Off. We were talking about baking the other day, and everybody on the show is going to participate, minus Mo, who always cheats, so he's going to be a judge. <laughs> so, so wrong, huh? Welcome to America. Sorry. You don't get rewarded for cheating in this country. That's not America. <laughs> have you seen our political system? Yeah. Have you seen Congress lately? Yeah. <laughs> Touché, right? Thank you. All right, so Mo is going to be our Paul Hollywood. If you're familiar with the show, he's one of the judges. And Rebecca is going to be our Prue, who is another one of the judges on the Great British Baking Show. And all of us are going to participate in a technical, as they call it. So all the bakers get the same recipe. They all have to cook the exact same thing. And then they bring their little treat up to the gingham altar. They lay it down. Paul and Prue have no idea who baked what. They blind taste test it and then decide who is the worst from the best. And that's what we're going to do here. So earlier this morning, after everybody explained to me exactly what baking is, um, <laughs> we decided that, look, we got to find something really, really simple for all of us to do. Yes. So what are we going to go? Because this fool came in here with <laughs> Dolph Noodle. Rebecca. Has, has got like 40 <laughs> ingredients and 20 steps. And I'm like, okay. She gets a break this week. Yes, she, she is. <laughs> <laughs> so we need something for baking novices, something that's going to be easy, not super time consuming. So Mo. And Rebecca, what recipe have you come up with for all of us to make? We heard your complaints loud and clear. <laughs> As you should. I was very vocal about yes, it. Yes, that's because Kristen was loud and clear. Yes. You can take exactly your golf noodle and shove it. We're not doing that. I think Rebecca and I went back to the drawing board and found something that was a little more in the wheelhouse of what you guys were looking for. Okay. Rebecca hit them. So you guys are going to be making quick and easy Banana muffins. Come on. Banana muffins. Banana muffins. Quick and easy. Quick Banana and, muffins. I don't quick know if I'm easy. supposed to be excited. I have never baked anything before in my life, so I don't know if this is going to be complicated. Should we be excited oh, by this? It's going to be complicated for you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so send us the recipe. All right, send everybody the recipe who's participating. And Friday morning, we will have our great Burt Show Bake Off with our... Easy banana muffins. Piece of cake. How could we have? How could it have taken so long to come up with that? <laughs> no problem. Piece of cake. Piece, I piece of cake. cake. Uh, the Bird Show. Abby, it appears to be on. Yeah, the girls group is a go. Last week, I brought it to the table about how I know there's lots of lonely girls around Atlanta. And so I thought, well, why don't we all just hang out? You know, why don't we all just get in one big group chat and we all do some activities around Atlanta? And so last week, I created this Facebook group called the One Less Lonely Girl Squad, which if you're a Gen Zer, you'll know that's a nod to Justin Bieber's hit song, One Less Lonely Girl. And we have already met up once this weekend and we have a couple of other things planned. So on Saturday, we hung out on the rooftop of the Claremont Hotel, which was Mm. a blast. I got to meet a bunch of girls. And we have a couple of other things planned. Um, Kara from from this mobile axe company here in Atlanta has actually reached out to me. And we are going to do this amazing event at maybe a winery or a brewery, which I know sounds like a terrible idea because like alcohol and axe throwing, but we're adults. I think we can handle ourselves. No, no, no. There's a couple of things about that that are flawed, right? Because I've been to one of these axe things and they serve alcohol there. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's the first flaw. Yeah. 
This is a mobile one? So yes. they bring axes on the road. Yes, it's so cool. It's it's no, literally, it's like this. Um, think of like a giant U-Haul, but instead of putting furniture and other stuff in the back, it's just like a moving target and <laughs> and, and axes. So, so truly, and, and like this sounds horrible, right? Like let's get a bunch of strangers to all throw axes with some alcohol. But I I met with her yesterday, and their their company is female um, run mainly. It's a bunch of like small business owners from around Atlanta who help out with this. And so she's going to get some of them on board. One of them owns like a charcuterie company. And so there's going to be little charcuterie boxes, I think. And it's just going to be really fun and girly with a mix of lumberjack flair. So to make it interesting, do they stop this truck while you guys are throwing the axe? <laughs> no, or, you got to ride in it as it's you, moving. So that's really dangerous for the driver. <laughs> if you miss, then you're going to hit him in the back of the head. Yeah, right? you got to run. you got the wine in hand. And you got to go on a little jog. No, it's going to be a blast. So right now we're trying to nail down a location. We've we've talked about a couple of different locations. Like I think there's a winery up in Alpharetta that we might do. There's a brewery in Woodstock. So we're trying to find a place that's close enough to the perimeter, but still OTP because there's a lot of girls OTP that want to come to stuff. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to find like a good, happy middle. But right now we're planning on doing it on November 30th. Fun. Um, but I obviously won't give out the location because I don't want strangers with axes in our presence. <laughs> but I will link the girl group in my Instagram at the Abby Murphy on Instagram. You do have to get approved to join because again, I want to make sure that we're filtering out um, who's going to be throwing axes with us. Just making sure that you're a real person. So please have a profile picture in your Facebook um, profile so that I know that you are a legit human being and not just hmm. some random. I really love this actually because it really you do get to a certain age, right? And when you're in a new city, sometimes maybe you're focusing on your career or whatever. So going out and actually meeting people like you is very, very difficult. So I love this. Mm -hmm. um, let's give some more suggestions around Atlanta to do, right? Yeah. Um, I have been reacquainted with the Beltline lately, which I really feel like the Beltline is... The best that Atlanta has to offer. It's just so diverse. Everybody down there is having a great time. You got people exercising, but you got people uh, jogging also. You got kids. You got uh, parents, but you also have a lot of single people down there. And it's just changing so much that... I absolutely love the Beltline. So my suggestion would be like a little bar hop from bar to bar, restaurant to restaurant on the Beltline. Oh, Beltline crawl. My friend Leslie and I used to do this once a quarter uh, before she moved away. And we'd start uh, start at one location and just hit all the different restaurants and bars and just kind of meander our way down the Beltline. It was always a blast. Um, you already mentioned it, but I pulled up um, one of Atlanta's many local breweries. And I think for your event, that would be perfect. And there's so many fantastic ones. Uh, the ones I've been to and love, Sweetwater Brewery, Monday Night Brewing, Second Self, Eventide, all delicious beers, all great spaces. Um, and ExploreGeorgia.org has a fantastic, like very thorough list of all the breweries because there are definitely breweries OTP as well that I think would lend to your charcuterie and axe throwing. The <laughs> yeah, the battery is a slam dunk also because it's all just right there in that area. All you got to do is walk from one of the the other love the battery get a bus go to north georgia and do a wine tour <gasps> oh that's fun yes i want to do that so bad so wolf mountain is my favorite monteluce there are so many different kinds as well but you can hire a company to drive you so nobody has to drive and you could be safe and then you can bring the charcuterie on the bus or you can pick up food while you're there but highly recommend
Moe's going to cover Sandy Springs for you. Blue <laughs> <laughs> Moon Pizza? So there's this Five place years. called Battle and Brew? Yeah. Five years has never been out of Sandy Springs. Fire. I don't know if you've ever been to your third spot, but that's a lot of fun. There's okay. a lot of activity in there, a lot of interacting and drinks on top of that. That's always been fun for me when I've gone with my friends. Maybe I can try that one. Okay. Your All third right. spot might be our, our second or, or fourth spot, depending on when I can fit this into our very packed social schedule. So it's going to be a lot of fun. God, the beauty of Atlanta also is there are so many different pockets now of Atlanta that have grown so much over the last... I haven't been to East Atlanta in a while. I don't even know if that's still a cool place to go or not. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Is it? Mm-hmm. Uh, we had suggested Johnny's Hideaway to you a couple of days ago. You bailed on that. Jackson's here to tell you it's not a scary place. <laughs> or maybe it is. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I made a mistake over at Johnny's Hideaway recently. I'm sure you're not the first. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> Definitely not. Um, so a group of friends of mine and I decided <laughs> to go out one weekend night, and, as you do as a 26-year-old living in the city, right? And we have a pretty big squad, and so we decided to pregame a little bit at one of our apartments and then hit the Ivy first, which is right next door to it, and then go over to Johnny's. That's like a classic rotation for a night out for mm-hmm. us that we've done you know, many a times. So we're hanging out at the Ivy. It's time to pack up and head over to Johnny's and we get over there and the line as you guys know Mm -hmm. is sometimes crazy there so we Mm -hmm. jump in this line and we're waiting for probably 20 minutes a half hour and I'm at the front of the line with a couple of my friends we have like a squad of like eight or ten people and so I get let in with two of my other friends and we walk in the door we have to pay like a ten or twenty dollar cover too and we get inside and I'm inside for maybe less than five minutes, maybe three minutes, like to the point where my other friends hadn't even come in yet. You've already sacrificed the two most important things right there to get into Johnny's Hideaway, time and money. Yep. (laughs) Yes. To get into that place. Exactly. And... Um, the way that Johnny's works, there's people can sit at tables and they actually have servers that'll come around and like take your order, right? And so there's a server that is holding a tray just chock full of drinks. I'm talking like 10 drinks. This thing must have been super heavy. And she's walking by about to, you know, start handing them out to this table that's sitting down. And we're like right at the, at the entrance of this. And, you know, we had been, you know, partaking and drinking the Mm -hmm. entire night. And one of my buddies looks at me and goes, I bet you won't take one of those drinks off that tray. No. No, 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 no. No, that's not your friend. And there were. Not your friend. (laughs) There were a bunch of drinks on there and her, she wasn't looking at the tray. She was like turned around, like looking at the table. And I was like, all right, screw it. So I walk up and I pull one drink out. And it was like pulling the last block oh, off of a no. Jenga tower. Bro. And all of the drinks oh, come crashing. You're no. the worst. No. No. You're the worst. No. I am the worst. Blue. I am I will, I will readily admit that. <laughs> I deserve that completely. <laughs> And before I can even react, a bouncer has picked me up oh, by the yeah. shoulders Good. like yep. I'm a toddler Good. and literally thrown me out Good. of this place. <laughs> Keep in mind, my friends hadn't even come in yet, so they're at the front of the line outside watching me get literally tossed out by this bouncer. So you with your feet in the air. Exactly. You deserved it, man. I really did. It's the Burt Show. The Burt Show.